0: everybody, we'd like to invite you to visit South Dakota through the eyes of Local Lou. She'll take you on a tour of lots of things to see and do. So enjoy your virtual visit through the eyes of Local Lou. Hi and welcome to the Local Lou podcast. You guys will never be able to believe all the things I've been up to after a winter of hibernation. It is finally the best time of year in South Dakota. Not winter. (laughs) It's actually been incredibly windy here recently. And since we didn't have much snow this winter, everything is really dry. And oddly enough, as I traveled back from Avon, South Dakota recently, I drove through what I could only describe as a dust storm. So now I have a new fear of living through a new dust bowl. That's exciting. If you're on my Instagram, you know I was just a guest on the Midtown Coffee Radio Hour, and they actually do live shows. So, I was at a live show, and (laughs) by the way, um, they're super fun. If you ever get a chance to attend, attend a live show, they're great. I have been to a handful of the live shows. But I must say, I don't think any show will ever live up to the first show. The first show Midtown Coffee Radio Hour had was in their backyard. It was a shindig complete with Aunt Debbie's brownies. Yes, they're real, and they're delicious. Anyhow, being on a live show is way outside my comfort zone, but I couldn't say no at the same time. An audience of sitting ducks that just had to listen to me talk about historical markers signed me up. The live show took place at Augustana in the back alley, so I had, which that sounds like it was out back in an alley. It, it's a place called the back alley, which is within the Augustana campus here in Sea Falls. So I had to make mention of the historical marker, Augustana, the school on wheels, and as I did, somebody actually cheered, and I also got a couple laughs as I nervously and very breathily raced through my lines, and everyone was so cool to give me so much grace. (laughs) I'm not a performer. I had a handful of people approach me after the show saying that they were fans, And that was out of this world. (laughs) Uh, The historical markers. I covered Stratosphere Balloon Landing in Aurora Center, South Dakota, and Stratosphere Balloonist, Sioux Falls, South Dakota. So check out the Midtown Coffee Radio Hour In Space episode to hear more about those historical markers and also just to enjoy a show. Today's historical marker is about the first sitting president to visit the state of South Dakota. So, obviously, the first sitting president also visits Sioux Falls. Uh, South Dakota was was signed into statehood on November 2nd, 1889 by President Benjamin Harrison. It was almost 10 years before a sitting president would visit our state, though. McKinley came 10:14, 1899. McKinley was elected in 1896, so his arrival to Sioux Falls three years later was of course related to him seeking a second term. McKinley didn't just stop in Sioux Falls though. This tour hit towns all around South Dakota, stopping at all the railroad depots he could along the way. We should discuss the idea of a whistle-stop campaign. You probably know this, but it means a political campaign in which a politician makes short stops at different towns. The expression was first used in the U.S. when uh, small American towns were called whistle-stops because trains only stopped at them if a whistle was given. I actually read some of the speeches McKinley gave while in South Dakota in a book with the very factual title of Speeches and Addresses of William McKinley from March 1st, 1897 to May 30th, 1900. And it's amazing the amount of speeches in one day. So, in this book, the book has, uh, for his stop, just for October 14th, 1899, he has speeches for Aberdeen, Redfield, Huron, Lake Preston, Madison, Egan, Sioux Falls, Yankton, Vermilion, Elk Point, whoa, what a day. Let's go ahead and read this historical marker, and then we can learn a little bit about President McKinley visiting Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Historical Marker, President William McKinley. Trainloads of visitors swarmed to Sioux Falls on October 14, 1899, to see the first president ever to visit South Dakota. The city appeared to be one blaze of national colors. Hundreds of flags waved, and patriotic bunting stretched, from the roofs of many larger buildings to the very sidewalks. When President William McKinley's six-car presidential train pulled into the Milwaukee Depot, he was greeted by the deafening noise of steam whistle blasts, clanging bells, and prolonged cheering by a high-spirited crowd. A horse-drawn carriage brought the president to a reviewing stand at 9th Street and Main Avenue. There, he welcomed home some 90 veterans from Sioux Falls who had been with the 1st Regiment of the South Dakota Volunteers. He also praised the men for their bravery in battle in the Philippine insurrection. Two years later, in Buffalo, New York, an avowed anarchist, used a handkerchief to conceal a revolver in his hand and shot mckinley at close range the nation's 25th president died on september 14, 1901 historical marker president william mckinley at levitt at the falls sioux falls south dakota fancy word warning insurrection a violent uprising against an authority or government guys this historical marker has been on my mind for a while Hundred Proof History is another podcast, and they did an episode on McKinley, and I was thinking to myself, while listening, that there's a South Dakota connection here. I've been to this marker so many times, en route to the falls, or going to a concert at Levitt at the Falls, and yet I never took the time to understand it. So the very day so that very day that I listened to that episode, I went to the marker and I read it again, and the first thing that stuck out to me is another historical marker, Lieutenant Jonas Lean marker at the Washington Pavilion, where we learned about his death in the Spanish-American War, as it was the first time a South Dakotan had died in a foreign war. So it occurred to me that Jonas Lean, who has a historical marker, and his own episode, I suggest you circle back to Local Lou episode about Lieutenant Jonas Lean, if you want to hear about his ultimate untimely death, killed in action, being the first South Dakotan to die of a foreign war. Guys, I read it in Bruce Blake's book, 12,000 Years of Human History, as recorded on historical markers in Minnehaha County, South Dakota, that Jonas Lean's remains were mailed back in a canister. A canister. I am not sure what that means, but in my mind, it feels like a coffee can full of bits and pieces, maybe? Jonas Lean, or the canister of Jonas Lean, is buried now in what you guys already know is my favorite local cemetery, Mount Pleasant. And I really enjoy passing by his family plot. It's an instance where there was tragedy, but they were able to end up together in a plot in the soil from a place where they lived and loved. If you ever get a chance to go check it out, I, I guess I find it comforting. I mean, until I heard about the whole canister thing, but it's a lovely cemetery either way. And a lot of the who's who of South Dakota history or Sioux Falls history are located there. I think this is a good time to review the things that pop up to me when talking about President William McKinley. These may be different than what you think about when you think about President McKinley. And I guess that's heavily assuming that you think about President McKinley at all. (laughs) I don't think he's anybody's, well, I don't know about anybody, but I don't think he's a lot of people's top president that we think about. Maybe I'm totally wrong on that. So catch me on Instagram and like light up my comment section about McKinley. I would love to hear it. William McKinley was from Ohio because I guess a ton of our presidents were. My dad, Papa Lou, who does my theme song, is also from Ohio, and I feel like I guess he could have been the president then. He had a hard knocks kind of background and served in the Navy and is from Ohio, and I think that's enough to qualify him to run. (laughs) McKinley was the last Civil War veteran to serve as president. McKinley was a great husband, at least in looking back, he seems to be. His wife, Ida, developed health problems after losing her mother and two children rapidly. And McKinley was devoted to taking care of her and her medical needs as she would become very fragile and from several health issues, one being that she had seizures. Some historians think that is why he did the front porch campaign from his home front porch, his first go at becoming president, so he didn't have to leave his wife's side when he ran for his first term. Rutherford B. Hayes was McKinley's commander in the Civil War, which is pretty cool to have a future president presiding over a future president. (laughs) Uh, McKinley, he had a mountain. Mount McKinley. Here's the deal. I'm glad that it has been restored uh, back to Denali, its original name. But pretty cool to have a mountain. And also they changed this name back well after his death. So I don't think that would hurt anybody's feelings. Uh, the last thing I remember about William McKinley is that he was assassinated. He was shot twice by an assassin in a receiving line, and he would die of gangrene eight days later. Eight days! That's... that's probably a lot of pain he was in, especially for the time period. Vice President Teddy Roosevelt felt solid enough about the situation to leave town after the shooting, only to have to come back now as president. To me, this feels a lot like the Garfield assassination. This may be one moment in South Dakota history where we have a door open to talk about how Robert Todd Lincoln, the only offspring of Mary Todd and Abraham to reach adulthood, how he was connected to so many presidential assassinations. I'm guessing this is a distinction he wishes was not true, but he was not present at his father's assassination in 1965, but was near Ford's theater at the White House. Robert would be an eyewitness to the Garfield assassination in 1881, and while he was not an eyewitness to the 1901 McKinley assassination, he was just outside the building as this occurred. These presidential assassinations were in rapid succession. Abraham Lincoln signed papers for the Secret Service to begin protecting the nation's currency and hunting down um, forgery right before his death in 1865. After McKinley dies, the third president to die in 36 years, it was decided that the Secret Service would also protect the president. Good call, guys. Back to the historical marker. I was able to find a newspaper article reviewing McKinley's time in Aberdeen. He was riding the Milwaukee Railroad Line. We know this because he came in at the 5th and Phillips Milwaukee train depot near the historical marker in Sioux Falls. The article does mention that while McKinley's train had been running behind, it did arrive on time, but the train with the second South Dakota Volunteer Soldiers, a Northern Pacific train, was late. And that held up the festivities and made the president late going forward in the day after Aberdeen. When McKinley comes to Sioux Falls, he did get off the train and ride in a horse-drawn carriage to 9th and Main, which is where a bunch of banks are now. He rode from the train depot, um, and men from Company D of Sioux Falls were there in attendance, and so were thousands of onlookers. Like the historical marker said, the Argus leader said the city was one blaze of national colors referencing people had draped flags and patriotic bunting and ribbons from windows and rooftops and sidewalks and it sounds really cool and i wish that that kind of a thing could come back in style i will say sioux falls does have some good flag game for various holidays throughout the year you will see flags lining main roads There are holes in the sidewalks for these flags, and if you happen to see this early in the morning or late in the day, you will see people physically putting up and taking down these flags. It looks like a long day for them, and I wonder how many flags are put up and who exactly does this. I have absolutely no answers. I will just keep an eye out for this next time to see if I can start a conversation with one of our flag keepers. Looking at speeches from the day, they, they were all different, and Sioux Falls did get one of the longer ones, but I'm surprised that McKinley's speech for Sioux Falls didn't mention the death of Lieutenant Jonas Lean, which was March 27th, 1899, and I feel like it's an oversight and really surprising since the speech for sure was rallying behind the war and insurrection. I feel like he would be all over that. But there was not a mention in, I think, like all the speeches for the day, it reminds me a bit of a big music artist coming to town and saying, How you doing out there, Sioux Falls? These speeches were not made for us. They were slightly altered to mention us, I think. So, not my favorite. But I have also not had to make a bunch of speeches in small towns I've never been to in one day. So, I shouldn't be too hard on him. Here's an excerpt from McKinley's speech in Sioux Falls. We intend to put down that rebellion just as we would put down any rebellion anywhere against the sovereignty of the United States. Our flag is there. Your boys bore it, bore it heroically, bore it nobly, and stayed with it when they could have mustered out. But they said... We will stay until our places can be filled with new soldiers and will never desert our colors. I will make public acknowledgement everywhere for this personal sacrifice and heroic action. The flag is there, not as a symbol of oppression, not as the flag of tyranny, but it is there as it is everywhere. The symbol of liberty, civilization, hope, and humanity. Call me a little biased, but just in reading these bits and pieces from this speech, it feels a lot like a campaign speech. The way of campaigning blazing through towns and states, shaking hands, making speeches, meeting as many people as they can, that would be the new way, and McKinley would be the first but not the last president to come to South Dakota. I was actually completely shocked when reading this list from South Dakota Public Broadcasting that explains the presidents who have visited the state of South Dakota while in office. William McKinley, 1899. Theodore Roosevelt, April 1902. William Howard Taft, October 1911. Woodrow Wilson, September 1919. Calvin Coolidge, June, July, and August in 1927. FDR, 1936. Harry Truman, 1948. Dwight Eisenhower, 1953. JFK, 1962. Richard Nixon, 1969. Gerald Ford, 1976. Ronald Reagan, 1986. George H.W. Bush, 1989, 1991, 1992, and 1992 again, but in a different month. (laughs) Bill Clinton 1996 and 1999 George W. Bush 2002 Barack Obama 2015 Donald Trump 2018 so did a president on this list surprise you there was one that totally stuck out to me and that's JFK JFK came to South Dakota we need we need to Nick news w5 this what why where when <laughs> who we already know the who that's JFK what came to South Dakota when August 17th 1962 where Pierce South Dakota our capital why uh JFK dedicated the recently completed Oahi Dam, the start of its full operation as an electric power plant. Looking at the dam, it seems cool and provides a lot of power, but bad news, guys. As a result of the dam's construction, the Cheyenne River Indian Reservation lost 150,000 acres. Standing Rock Reservation lost 55,993 acres. Much of the land was taken by eminent domain claims made by the Bureau of Reclamation kind of interesting that that JFK was another president visiting South Dakota whose presidency would end the same way that McKinley's did with a bullet well thank you guys so much for stopping by to listen and for exploring this historical marker with me. If you know me, I'm still out there, and if I find any cool historical markers, I'll let you guys know. But if you have any comments about William McKinley, did I miss something in my general rundown of things that pop out to me for McKinley? Was there something about McKinley that you want to share? Do you have a cool picture of you by this historical marker? Hey, if you go to Levitt, if you're in the Sioux Falls area, and you go to one of the 50 free concerts at Levitt at the Falls, take a picture of yourself yourself by the historical marker, go ahead and share it on your social media and share this episode. Help people listen to Lou. (laughs) When you like and rate my podcast on Apple and Spotify, when you share it on your social media, that all helps spread the word. So thank you guys so much. And thank you guys for stopping by and see you next time on the Local Lou Podcast.